Hello and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping as well as equipping parents as well as children's ministry workers for the discipleship of the children that are in our area of influence. As always, we're hosted by myself, Pastor Anthony Tresoni, Tony Tresoni, the family pastor at Westminster Baptist Church in Westminster, Maryland, and Ben Palaz, who is the family and children's discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia. Today, it will be the second part of a two-part interview with Jared Kennedy, who is the family pastor at Sojourn Community Church in Louisville, Kentucky. We are discussing catechism, specifically the North Star Catechism, and how we can catechize our family, how that form of teaching impacts the children that we have an area of influence upon. So if you have not listened to the first part of this podcast, I encourage you to listen to the previous episode, and you can hear the beginning of our conversation. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you enjoy this episode. God bless. What are some of the unique benefits of teaching through a catechism, and even maybe ones that you think are you? Uh, particular to catechism that maybe other forms of teaching um, doesn't give you? Yeah, well, I think catechism gives you, it It definitely systemizes um, your thinking, and so I think it's really helpful. Our school, our children's ministry curriculum we use, teaches the storyline of the Bible over three years, and um, and so what our kids are getting in that context is a chronological view of the Bible stories, kind of walking through the scriptures over time. And this is different because it's, it's synchronic. It's across time rather than through time. And so, um, instead of, instead of giving you kind of here are like, and here's an overview of the Bible. Um, the catechism gives you kind of a system of thought, how to kind of systemize this into, into doctrines. And so I think that's one benefit is that, it gives you themes. Also, it gives you a way to teach definitions of key terms. Um, and so, what we really want for our kids is we want them to be we want them to be biblically literate um, and theologically literate as they grow older. We want them to be able to to open the scriptures and understand what they're reading. We want them to be able to understand, open a devotional book, a theology book, and they get to a more technical term, we want them to understand that. And you've given them kind of basic, in the catechism, you give them basic definitions for those terms. You talked about um, the doctrine of sin a little while ago, that sin is saying no to God and, and uh, you know, pursuing what I want to do instead of what, what God wants me to do. That's a, that's a basic definition of what sin is. Um, that sets them up to understand kind of like further categories later on. So I, I think it's really helpful to give this, you know, basic vocabulary for the faith from an early age um, that you can build on um, later on. So educators for the longest time, like Dorothy Sayers said, you know, is really important even before you um, you get into kind of working through the the whole storyline and putting that together logically to get some of those basic concepts in in place um some just basic definitions um and you know she wrote about it she said even developmentally before kids are ready to put the timeline in order um they can memorize what the definition of sin is or the definition of glory or the definition of salvation 
Um, but there's such a deeper understanding that comes then when they're able to put the timeline together to you. And so I think both of those types of teaching are helpful, but catechism kind of dials into the, the thematic teaching and then gives you clear definitions. Um, third, I mean, just practically, like it doesn't take a lot of time. <laughs> it, you know, you get one flashcard a day, you go over this at the dinner table, we say this question and answer back a few times, we, we say the verse of the Bible a few times. I mean, if you pick one catechism question a week, you can uh, memorize one a week. Um, North Star Catechism has, um, I think it's 78 questions total. So in a, a year and a half, you're, um, you know, you've kind of worked through, like, the, uh, you know, a large breadth of systematic theology. Um, um, so I think that's the third third thing is that this is a this is a simple thing you can put a flashcard um, on the dash of your car and talk talk to your kids about it like while you're in carpool line or um, you know do it at the dinner table and, and you it's just simple it's a simple thing that you can take with you um, and then the fourth thing I would say is um, what a framework like this gives to parents is it's hopefully a basic language that allows you, and this is what I said a while ago about capturing the moments, um, that allows you to relate life to your theology. And so hopefully that basic language puts you in a place where you can kind of be on the lookout for opportunities um, to talk about God with your kids throughout the day. And so you've learned little concepts that relate to life, and you can capture those moments as they come and um and then, uh, you know, leverage those moments to, to speak to your kids about um, the gospel throughout all of life. That's good. That's really good. This is just a quick follow-up question to that. I mean, some people who know a little bit about your church may say, well, you guys are in the shadow of one of the largest, if not the largest, seminary in the country. Um, you have a lot of families that, you know, the dad's studying in seminary or something. Um do you have a, a lot of families who are not coming from that background? They don't have a theological background and much of a theological grid um, where this is giving them tools to do that. Yeah, we do. I mean, I, I think um, it it totally does. Um, we do have a number of families who don't come from that background. Um, I, I think it's interesting, like a lot of seminary families are come into Louisville and two or three years later they're they're out at another church somewhere but I've got a lot of long-term Sunday school teachers in our children's ministry who have put down roots locally um they might have taken a class at the seminary here and there (laughs) at some point um but for the most part you know they're not what you would consider to be a seminary family Mm -hmm. um but those families because they've taught through this Sunday after Sunday for years kind of have a whole big picture of theology and some kind of clear categories they can go back to. Um, and for those individuals, this has been a, it's been a big part of their discipleship. It's been a big part of, of learning, you know, theology, learning to think um, God's thoughts after him in, in many ways. And, um, and I found it just to be a really helpful, you know, rather than handing them Grudem, or, you know, rather than <laughs> like a, a thick systematic theology, what if we, you know, walk through 78 questions and answers together over the next year and a half? Um, 
as you're teaching them to kids in Sunday school. Um, and look, you've got kind of a, a whole big picture of theology now that, um, yeah, if you want to pick up Grudem or John Frame, you know, more power to you. Um, but it it gives them a kind of a basic understanding of how to how to get in there and relate God's truth to the next generation. Um, now, our guys here planning to be missionaries, planning to be church planners. Um, we're having them read Grudem and Frame too, not just memorize the catechism. Our prayer with the catechism questions is that they're simple enough that um, and tight enough that the language will really preach um, and give them um, almost catchphrases in a way. I mean, that's so like modern and tweetable, but uh, <laughs> you know, like basically little catchphrases you can go back to, and um, as you're teaching this to your people, um, you know, teaching this to to someone who's not going to pick up ever pick up that theology book and read it all the way through. Um, but in a digestible way, um, can work through, um, a, a holistic view of theology. Mm, that's good. That's good. All right. Uh, so how should indiv- an individual use a catechism and how about a family together? How can a family use a catechism like this? Yeah, well, the first thing I would say individually, and I actually think it's really helpful for if the questions relate in this sense, that if you're a dad or a mom, um, that I think it's really helpful for you to take some time and kind of digest the questions and answers and verses individually before you teach it to your children. Um, so first of all, if you're a dad or mom, um, read the path, read the question and answer, um, and then... Um, look up the verses that go with it um, and meditate on um, that truth and how that truth relates to your life today. Um, Think about the language used in the question and if there are words there that you regularly use um, just in your daily life and um, how you use it versus maybe how it's defined in the, in the catechism um, and then think about how does how does the Bible use these terms and, and the verses that are provided there will give you give you that. So I would say that that's first. You know, think about that devotionally. I would say one question at a time, one question a, a day or a week is really enough. Um, and then with your family, um, I I think after you've digested that yourself, um, I would encourage you to op- you know memorize the question and the answer and the Bible verse along with your family, along with your kids. Um, and, but then also take time to share just your personal reflections about that concept with your kid as well. Um, that doesn't mean you need to, and no one ever needs to do this, but teach a 20 minute sermon at bedtime to your kids. Um, but I mean, take 60 seconds and, um, and say, hey, I was thinking about the, I thought about, um, you know, the glory of, I don't know, Atlanta Braves baseball, which isn't very glorious right now. But I, mean, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about, um, you know, how I love the Braves and, and how proud baseball players are of wearing the name of their team on their jersey. And, and it just reminds me, like, like, we're image bearers. Like, we... Um, 
we sh- wear God's glory in us and we show it to the world. And it's something, you know, showing off God's goodness and greatness, showing off um, God's glory should be something we're really proud of the same way that, you, you know, you might be proud to wear the jersey of your favorite team. And um, and so I, I think um, I think something really simple like that and then memorize it together pray with your kids and you can be done. Maybe you're also reading a story to them that night or, or something else. But I, I think that would be kind of the first thing with your family. Um, but I think if you, if you think about how does this like personally relate, but what's my personal reflection about this? Um, it'll help you. Um, I don't know. Kids uh, stories are really memorable for children. And so you can share your personal reflection and it'll help them remember that as they're memorizing. And then it'll, it'll set you up well to um, connect it to those life moments the way, the way I've been talking about previously. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For our family, we like to uh, use it. And like I mentioned in family worship and we uh, for full confession, we don't use the uh, verses to memorize. We instead do fighter verses to memorize, but then we go to our, our Norse or catechism points and uh, the, and it's just, I think brings riveting discussion. Yeah. And I know some criticize the idea of catechism because you know, the, uh, the with the idea of monotonous wrote, wrote remi- remembering things like a catechism point, but I, that. And no way, shape, or form upholds the point of this. You know, these, I feel like, are built towards family discussion. I mean, these are a springboard to some of our deepest family discussions. We don't want it to just be, are there more gods than one? No, there's only one true God. They're checked off. (laughs) We're done. And uh, it has to be, I think, like you said, so much more than that. My child goes to a public school, magnet school that's incredibly multicultural and has friends who are are Hindu and friends who um, are are Muslim, and so we get to questions about the Trinity, and you know immediately, uh-huh. like like we've like how does this relate to what your friend at school thinks about this? Have you ever had conversations about about that? And you know these things come up with middle school kids, and so you know to be able to to be dialoguing with her about that so she knows um she knows what we believe as a family she knows what the scriptures teach um what we're encouraging her to believe and root her life in um like you said it 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 hopefully feeds that kind of dialogue um and also i i guess the rote thing is just it's such a fallacy because um there's all kinds of things we memorize by rote, like phone numbers and, um, you know, certain, you know, certain things that, but then we go back and we use them every day. And, you know, maybe, maybe you've got things from your childhood that you feel like you like the, I don't know, pie or Pythagorean theorem or something you feel like you don't use in your context. But my brother, he's an electrical engineer for AT&T uses those things every day, you know? So I, I, I think, um, most of the knowledge we learn by rote as kids, it, it has a purpose because it's, it's got a practical outworking later on somewhere. And, um, it, what could be more practical than our knowledge of God and our knowledge of ourselves in light of scripture. And so this is, it's the exact kind of thing that you want to teach your kids by rote, that you want to, um, 
uh, I even actually love um, the term liturgical. I wouldn't want to use that term negatively. Like it's the kind of thing that you want to have as a regular rhythm or a regular liturgy in your family um, so that um, you can call upon that knowledge when you do need it down the road. And um, so anyway, I just wouldn't be afraid of things being by road or things being liturgical. Mm -hmm. uh, Embrace that, make it, you know, something, this is just something we memorize as a family. This is something that is a part of our regular rhythm. That's going to be part of our spiritual discipline. Um, why? Because we believe we're going to need need these truths one day. This is our way of kind of same way you you memorize things in school, putting it in our hearts so that um, when we need that truth later, it's there. Well, I think those times where you need the truth are often more often there than we think. You know, I I think of a time uh, where one of my children, you know, uh, referred to themselves as, uh, but I'm good, and I asked them the question that they knew from the North Star Point: Is God good? And there and. Uh, uh, that no, yes, no one is truly good except for God. And oh, it clicked. <laughs> Not to shame your children, but no. just to wreck, like just to help them see the conflict between like, hey, there are things that maybe I'm learning from my culture, and it doesn't match up with what I know to be true. Yeah, you know, and what I know the the Bible to say is true. You know, I mean, there's certain things you just you don't want to shame your your daughters about at the at the dining room table in front of their sisters, but um, but you do you do want to pull them aside and and challenge their thinking, mm-hmm. challenge the way they're they're saying things, and say, hey, what have we taught you? What do what do you know to be true already? And does this thought you're having now line up with that? It, a large part of the Christian life is reckoning our, our thinking and our emotions to be in line with um, what we know to be true um, so that we're continuing in the things that we've, we've learned. So there you go. Yeah, that's good. Um, With this next question, I'm going to tweak it just a little bit because I think you've, you've hit on it um, a lot that we've made a good case that catechisms um, while they are very helpful for children, it's not simply children, parents can be and should be absorbing those those truths um, before they bring it with their kids and be learning it alongside them. But uh, what would you say to families? And, and you have young teenagers in your house, um, but with a family so they don't have small children, um, they come to Christ and, and their kids are a little bit older. Um, how can they implement that? And they say, well, that, that seems awkward or you know just uncomfortable. Um, I mean, what would your encouragement be to someone in that situation? Yeah, anything that you haven't done is awkward. Like, it's really awkward to go dance when you're not used to dancing. It's really <laughs> awkward to, like... Um, and and so I would say to some degree embrace the awkwardness and, and say, hey, but this is something, like, we've decided as a family we want to grow in this way, and so it's something we're going to do. Um, take a time that makes sense, you know? And so... You know, with a teenager that has a ton of extracurriculars, you may you may not get to this every morning. It may be, um, or, or every evening. You know, it may be that that it's something you need to think about over breakfast. You know, or at a different time of the day, or, or once a week. You know, but um, 
press into that and then allow them to have feedback, you know? And I, I think another thing is when you've got kids who are at multiple ages involving the older kids in helping quiz the younger kids or, or you know, the, we learn things the best when we teach. And so if you can share some of that teaching authority um, or that leadership authority with your older children, it'll help them more embrace more being a part of it, you know? So um, an older kid, you know, not always in the mood to do it, but I mean, an older kid will help their younger sibling with homework and not feel like they're being told to do something that's babyish when they're helping their, their younger sibling. And so, um, I think if you've got an older child that has, um, younger siblings and say, Hey, this is something we want to learn together as a family. Would you kind of help mom and dad, you know, teach this to your younger brothers and sisters. And I, I think that's always, um, it's always helpful with um, preteens and teenagers to give them a job to do rather than just expecting that they're going to want to just sit there while you teach and quiz them, but um, to actually give them uh, the job of helping kind of pass this on and teach it to, to others um, is empowering to them. and says, Hey, I trust you to, to learn this and, and, um, and think about, passing it on to your to your younger sisters that's good yeah that's good counsel now what are some potential dangers in using catechism yeah so i mean i i think if the catechism becomes the main thing and and not the scriptures himself being being the main thing or the or the gospel message that um the catechism points to being the main thing so i think that's one um, I think second, I think there's, there's always the danger of similar way of saying, maybe saying what I just said again, but a little bit different ways. And that is that sometimes we can get kind of honed into our system, um, of the, our systematic way of thinking about things and not, um, know the story as a story. And, um, the scriptures tell us a grand narrative. They don't just merely give a systematic thought that they they tell us a grand narrative and so um the truths we're learning should point us back to uh, those stories where the truths are illustrated so I, I think that's that's one potential danger um and i um so don't make it more than a tool it's 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 just a tool um it's not it's not the gospel um it's one way of giving basic instruction to the next generation it's and so don't make it more than a tool um and then don't make the catechism the main thing um Mm -hmm. make the gospel and the jesus and the scriptures that the catechism point to the main thing i i I think that's it i I think also just knowing that any kind of teaching you have to have godly character um to do it well and and teach with humility and so um hammer can be used to um, build a great chicken coop for your backyard, or it can be used to uh, beat someone over the head. Um, yeah. And so it, and it's the character of the person using the hammer that, that determines the way it's going to be used. And so um, scriptures say for a reason, um, watch your life and your doctrine closely. And so it's not enough just to have the answers to the question, to the catechism, right. And have watched your doctrine. 
but you have to watch your life as well. Um, and as you're using this tool, use it gently. Um, kids are going to learn different kids are going to take to different methods. Different kids are going to learn at different paces. And so don't be discouraged if I know that oldest child has learned 45 questions already and, and the youngest one is still working on question number three. Um, or it, it's just moving along at a slower pace. Um, that's okay. Like, you know, this is a tool and be, um, a gentle mother, gentle father who knows your children well and, and uses that tool as, as a mean to aiding the, the relationship and not, not as an end in itself. Um, you have the, watch your life closely and, um, know that you, you don't, you're not making disciples of the catechism. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're making disciples of Jesus. And so you want the catechism to point to him and, and your life and character to point to him as well. That's good. Yeah. I think yeah. you're really right to point out, you know, the, these are, it's a tool to be used and any tool can be misused. And, uh, it really does make me think, you know, I, I don't think a lot of our listeners are going to be in movements that would use a catechism to confirm faith for confirmation or anything like that. But I think we can still face similar kind of dangers. You know, we might use the, uh, catechism uh, the North Star catechism as uh, a check off the box, uh, check off the list that if you know, all of these, maybe <laughs> you're ready for baptism. Maybe you're ready. Maybe this means you're a Christian because you know all these points but we have to understand that that things are a lot more complex especially when we talk about assurance of salvation with children than that yeah i think that's absolutely right and um you know you should plead with your children to believe the gospel um whether they can explain it fully or not you should plead with them to believe the gospel um and, but oftentimes, and the Pharisees show us this, right? You can have folks who can explain doctrine fully, um, but but their hearts aren't there. You know, they they don't actually believe it deeply, and so you know that's the danger of any teaching that we can we can know the truth um, in our heads, but that truth not make it into our hearts, and um, we actually haven't come alive to it, and so. Um, so yeah, so at the end of the day, we just need to know this is a tool. It doesn't, it doesn't confirm salvation. It does not, um, that certainly doesn't guarantee salvation. Um, but it's a way of, of training our kids, building them up in a biblical worldview and pointing them toward, um, the good news of the gospel, the good news that is found in Jesus. Yeah, that's good. That, that's good. Um, how can churches? I mean, we talked a lot about individual families. You mentioned a little bit about what you guys are doing. Sometimes you know you review that um, when the church is gathered. How can a church and the leaders of the church create a catechizing culture uh, there among the families in the church? Yeah, I I think I mean I think just in the same way that parents teach kids. Um, and kind of capture moments and, and call them back to the good news. Uh, pastors are constantly teaching and training their people. And so, um, you know, your if this is really language, the language of the catechism is something your church as a whole is going to own um, as the way we're speaking about the gospel. 
um, then that language has got to inform your preaching. It's got to inform your teaching. Um, and then, you know, capture those, those moments that you are teaching to, to kind of call people back to, um, that language or that, that truth. Um, so, and, and then I think, I think you got to model it. And so, um, in those moments when you have an opportunity to say, Hey, as the North Star Catechism says, some of you are teaching this to your kids, like, here's the question and answer that those of us who are learning this have learned. Um, or maybe when the catechism question the kids are learning in the children's area relates to the sermon the adults are hearing, um, there's enough, like, awareness between um, staff to say, hey, kids are learning this this week. It might be, it fits with the sermon. It might not be the end of the world to remind the parents, hey, your kids are memorizing this today. Um, mm-hmm. It's a way to review the truth we're learning about in um, in our gathering uh, with your family. And so I think it just being something you're talking about, uh, the language of it being a regular part of, of your culture all of the time, um, modeling it, and then, um, and then constantly training, um, you know, intentionally teaching your family how to lead uh, a time of family worship, a time of family devotions in their home. Um, and, and, you know, modeling catechism being a part of that. And so um, I think, I think those take home pieces you have in, in children's ministry are really helpful. And to include that catechism question as part of that is, is really helpful too. Um, Timothy Paul Jones this is not something we've done in our church, but Timothy Paul Jones talked about um, when he was a lead pastor in, in Oklahoma, um, they would have those family review questions for even what was taught in the Sunday sermon. Um, and they just put a slide up at the end of, of the service to say, Hey, here's, two questions. Uh, here's the passage we taught this Sunday morning. Here are two questions to dialogue with your family about it. And here's a, a memory verse and a catechism question that goes along with that. And so, you know, that's one just really simple way to think about that. We've done that at times at our church with our small groups, whereas we may not put that on a slide in the, in the large gathering, but um, small groups are talking about um, sermons in their homes during the week. And so we give them just a few questions to dialogue about the sermon with their kids as well and relate a catechism question or a memory verse to that. And so, um, you know, practically those take-home sheets in children's ministry, um, the, you know, potentially small group questions or Sunday school questions that relate to that. Um, for folks who, who may be from a a Baptist context and use um, something like Lifeways curriculum or Presbyterian context and and use Great Commission publications curriculum. Um, one advantage you have with both of those curriculum sets is that they have those questions and answers that teach Bible doctrine. Um, I think uh, Great Commission calls it questions and answers and um, Lifeway calls it a big picture question that it corresponds between the adult curriculum and the kids curriculum have the same question there and so it you know gives you just something you can take home after sunday and talk about in the in the minivan on the way home from home from church with your kids immediately so um you know pick up those take-home cards each week and, and talk about that with your children um and then i think the other part of the culture is just um 
staff as a whole, those who are teachers in the church community, owning this language and using it. And um, that's something that is is going to remind families or encourage families if they've been memorizing the catechism and they hear it quoted on Sunday morning. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, this is a part of my discipleship. My pastor thinks so, too. Um, so I, I, I think just having that be a part of the the language that the teachers use is a real, is a really helpful way to, to encourage that sort of culture. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, um, the, you mentioned those cards and I know that you can get those cards online and purchase them. And, you know, since you guys are sojourn, uh, I just have to ask, you know, how many, uh, how many packages of the, uh, North star point, uh, booklets do you have to get before you get a, a free set of horn room glasses? <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny um uh i don't purchase home room glasses so i don't know i you know sorry i, I could maybe figure out some kind of free giveaway um but probably rainforest it, alliance be, uh, it would be like a beginner's gospel story bible or something like that it would not be um <laughs> It would not be horned and glasses. Okay. So. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Mac either Absolutely. or some uh, Rainforest Alliance coffee. <laughs> you always know the graphic design is going to be well done if it's, <laughs> if it's something from Sojourn. That so is true. We, be, true. we believe in that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, tell us some stories of how the North Star Catechism has helped people and families at Sojourn and and or elsewhere, you know, whether it be somebody at your church or somebody across the world. Yeah, okay, so I can think of two stories right away, and so one is, um, is a, a family who, their kids just got really sick and were hospitalized, um, was a homeschooling mom and kind of the culture in their family had been to start kind of their day going over a catechism question and the memory verse. Um, and in the midst of like that sickness and difficulty of the family, their, um, their homeschooling routine kind of stopped while they were taking care of one of their kids. Um, but one of the older children in the family just in ministering to his own mom brought back um, some of the truth about God, God's love and his sovereignty over their, their situation. I don't even remember the exact question, but that was one that really stood out to me was that um, the kid actually kind of got what we've wanted parents to do. And that is he, he had memorized the question and now he was at a point in life where the question related to what his family was experiencing. And he, he kind of captured a conversation with his mom to, remind her of that truth. So I thought it was a beautiful thing. Um, the other is I, one thing I've seen, um, I don't even know if the kids know they're quoting the catechism to me, but as one of the advantages of being at a church for over a decade is, um, you get to see kids grow up with things. And so, um, now one of my responsibilities that I didn't have when I first came to Southern was to, is to preach, as part of the regular rotation in our junior high ministry. And so several times I'll go, go there and I'll, I'll ask a question in the middle of, um, in the middle of my sermon, what is sin or what is God's glory or what, what is God's grace? Um, and never fail. There are three or four kids 
that will raise their hand and they'll quote the catechism to me. And I don't even know if they, <laughs> I don't even know if they know that they're quoting the catechism. They've heard it so much in children's ministry and probably did hear it at home through their parents as well. And um, I'm like, yeah, of course, you know exactly what my sermon manuscript says because you, you've been taught this. And so let's, <laughs> you know, double click on this truth now and, and kind of dive a little deeper and unpack what that means. And so I think one of the great, really beautiful things for me about um, sticking with the same language and the same uh, questions and answers over a number of years is that as the kids grow up, um, these concepts and truths become a part of the vocabulary. Um, and it's something we can, we can go back to and um, kind of really dive deeper with in our in our teaching as a church so just two quick stories that came to mind awesome thank you yeah those are encouraging well jared thank you for um giving us your reflections and and thoughts today um i know it was helpful for me and i'm sure for tony um if folks want to learn more about catechism in general or specifically about the north star north star catechism um where can they go Yes, you want to learn specifically about the North Star Catechism, um, go to sojournkids.com backslash North Star. Um, that's where you'll find a free PDF download of the catechism, as well as um, some of the devotional, the flashcards we've produced, and um, one little devotional booklet that we've produced for the first 14 questions or so. And that's the best place to find out about that. Um Another place you could go, my personal blog is uh, that I share with a couple of other pastors is gospelcenteredfamily.com. And um, if you go there and put catechism in the search bar, there are three or four different articles about um, how to use catechism um, in your home um, and sort of the experiences we've had with the, the catechism in our community as well. And so opportunity to read about those there. All right, great. Well, thank you for listening today and for thinking uh, with us about these things. If you've appreciated this episode, you found it helpful, please like it, share it uh, on social media and also word of mouth and and recommend it to others. And uh, it just helps to further that conversation to help get uh, the gospel and how it impacts our lives into homes and to other churches. Um, So we'd appreciate that. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. Um, Tony is at Anthony Trasoni. And I'm at Ben Palaz. Um, Jared, if they are you on social media? I am. I'm at Jared S. Kennedy. All right. So if you'd like to, to contact uh, Jared as well. So, uh, again, thank you for listening and uh, blessings on you, your family, and your ministry. Until next time.